0: April 1st, 2020, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, good to talk to you once again uh, from your isolated bunker in, uh, in beautiful Mentor, Ohio. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's April Fool's Day, Paul, but uh, the, uh, the cruelest prank of all is that, that uh, we are not at the ballpark as we are supposed to be today uh watching the Indians play baseball instead. Uh we're home talking about quarantines and and uh agreements between Major League Baseball and the uh the players association and all the things that uh that are going on that are not uh getting out there and hitting the ball over the fence. Uh, how how are you holding up, uh, Paul? This is first time in what 38 years you, you you've you've been sitting at home on April 1st.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It is uh it is really uh you know, I'm, the the longer this goes on, the more I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, just when is this going to end and how are they ever going to get this started again? You know, that's – I think they're – you know, Joe, I mean, I know what the opener was March 26th, so you really haven't missed that many games yet. But just to get this whole thing cranked up again and go to spring training and play as many games as they can um, – it's going to take an effort to do this. And the way the uh, the virus is going, it just doesn't, you know, we in a lot of cities it hasn't even peaked yet. And, right. And it's just, you know, it's so uneven and, and it strikes so many different cities at so many different times. I just don't, you know, I, I don't see how you can really get your arms around, even if they do start, what kind of schedule do you play?
0: Right. Uh, And, you know, we talked a little bit last week about, you know, what a schedule could look like um, with, you know, the possibilities of of starting and picking up right from, you know, where they are, whatever date they decide to come back after a a shortened spring training or anything like that. But, you know, we're looking at, like you said, the, the virus behaving differently in different cities, you know, some... Some states it's we're a little more proactive than others in terms of keeping people inside, so uh, you know here in Ohio you know we might be slightly ahead of the curve, but in a state like Florida where they they dragged their feet and there were still people on the beaches uh, up until uh, last week uh, I, I think you you're gonna find it a, a lot harder for them to be caught up to where you know across the board thirty teams can all go back to playing at once I don't think that's that's uh even even feasible right now, especially for places like Seattle and New York that are if you look at those maps, they are just glowing red right now with you know with the numbers being as high as they are. Uh, how do you convince uh, a team uh, players on a on a ball club, staff members, the organization to go into a city like New York or Seattle or or anywhere in Florida uh, after all this is passed and and still not worry about? You know, somehow contracting the disease, uh, even after they've been given the okay to go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's. You know, what do you play every game in Arizona? You know, at, at your spring training sites. I mean, I or, and and you can't go to Florida. Those teams can't go to Florida. Right. I mean, you You would think they 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 wouldn't. Uh, I mean, it's it 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 really, you know.
0: The the more you take a, a realistic approach to it, the more it looks like that there there might not even be any sort of a season at all. But you know, I don't, I, we're still going to operate right now here. Uh, you know, at least talking right now about it as if there is a potential for some sort of uh, twenty twenty season. The uh, the players' association came out this past week uh, along with uh, the Major League Baseball and said, that, you know, the players are committed to playing as many games as possible this year you know, once they get the go ahead and once things are, are in the clear and they're able to go ahead and do this, whether it's playing in front of stadiums without fans or, you know, wh- whatever the case might be, they want to get as many games in as possible. Uh, and and that, I think, is tied to some of this agreement that they, they did come out with, uh, you know, where there were some concessions by both sides. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious, uh, you know, that the biggest concession was from the the owners and uh, giving up the service time uh, uh, for the players. If if there is no season that all the players who had accrued service time last year, they, they would get that same amount of service time, uh, you know, for a season that wasn't played this year.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, on the other, on the other side of the table, the, the players said, if, if there, there is no season, they, they won't get paid. I mean, so I mean a guy like Lin, Francisco Lindor says nah, I'm not going to get paid my guaranteed 17.5 million. Uh and um the the owners did put together a 170 million dollar pot like mm-hmm. and that will pay four different classes of players you know and that money doesn't have to be paid back. The draft uh this year could get moved back from June to to July and cut back uh They have the power, I think, uh, the commissioner has the power to uh, cut the draft from 40 rounds to as few as five. And um, so that's interesting, you know, and it's going to be interesting to draft players when you haven't seen them play for, you know, three, four months.
0: Right, yeah, it's it's not only the the professional players who haven't been playing, but the, the college and high school players had their seasons all, you know, suspended at least. Uh, a, a lot of the uh, the scouting is done also at the at, at the upper levels at the elite levels nowadays at these showcases and all those are being postponed as well. The you know guys like Daniel Espino who was the 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 Indians' first round pick last year he he was a, a darling at, at those those showcases going out there you know throwing upper nineties and and really sort of impressing people.
1: Yeah, and uh, so uh, it'll be uh, you know these guys have teams have scouted these kids from since they were 16 years old. So they have a lot of information on the top, you know, the, the guys they, they would want and are eligible for the draft this year. But I think you always want to see as much film as you can or see the guy as much as you can in person. So, you know, you know, you're making the right choice, but that's, that'll be interesting. And, and that kind of saves the owner's money as well. Right. Uh, so we'll see how that goes.
0: Especially if you're cutting it to, like, five rounds. I mean, that's a right. the, the considerable amount of, of money saved. Uh, but also, what was the the impact on the international signing period as well? Was yeah, there... they moved
1: that back. They moved that back, uh, you know, usually it starts on July 2nd and goes through uh, June 15th of the next year. But I think that's been moved back. So – but those kids, I mean, usually, you know, those – those are they're free agents. Right? Most of the right. time, they're not in school. You know, they're they're either you know professionals, you know, from or or you're just free agents. 16, 17, 18, 19 year old kids. So I, I that's not as
0: big a deal as the draft, right? Uh, but it is a place that the Indians have have, have made you know significant progress improvement for the organization over the last couple of years. They've they've really sort of cleaned up in those those international signing periods. Getting, uh, you know, some of the top prospects, a guy like uh, Jorge Valera, uh, the Brian Rocchio, uh, Aaron Bracco, those guys who are all, you know, top 10 prospects, those were all um, international signing period guys. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how what, what effect that has on, on other clubs, especially the Indians who, who sort of, you know, get a lot of their prospects that way. Right.
1: So, it, you know, there was some concessions on both sides. And if anything, Joe, I think this shows that there is common ground between these two sides. And hopefully, you know, they can, when when the, the current basic agreement expires, they can show this, you know, level of cooperation and get a deal done. Because, you know, leading up to this virus, I mean, there have been nothing but, uh, you know, kind of saber rattling on both sides. You didn't, I didn't have a real good feeling going into, uh, the, you know, the, 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 negotiations that will, that will take place in the end of 2021. And maybe who knows, maybe they'll get a new one done, you know, before, uh, this will set the stage for some, uh, fast
0: negotiations. Well, I think both sides are going to realize that, you know, God forbid there be no season. there be no baseball this summer. Uh, if that happens, then there's no way that there's going to be any sort of a lockout or, or uh, you know, labor discord when the 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 CBA comes up. They're going to get something done uh, on time and not miss any games in the future. Uh, you know, based on contract negotiations, I, I can't I can't see there being a lockout or any sort of uh, a strike or anything like that uh, in the future if. If coronavirus wipes out this entire baseball season, that 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 just—I don't think either side wants that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's got to be, you know, that that's that would be, uh, you know, that that, that has that has to make a foot. lasting
0: impression. I, I mean, you, you're going to kill yourself to to the fans, and you just look at what the last uh the last strike did, and how what it took to get fans to come back to the ballparks. It took Cal Ripken and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, you know. Right. Uh, it's it's just uh, who knows uh if, if there's anything like that out there to to save the game you know moving forward I I can't see it uh happening so I I, I think they're gonna want to be be playing and be in agreement uh you know when that C B A comes up. All right. Uh Paul uh you know this is uh you know we mentioned at the top it's 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 April fools day uh so you know the biggest joke is that there is no uh there is no baseball going on but, but you've been around for for 38 years you have to have seen some some great pranks in the uh in the Indians clubhouse and in, in all around baseball what any anything just jump out at you or strike you as a as a great prank or something you saw these guys are, are notorious for, for knowing when to be serious and when to sort of lighten the mood in the clubhouse. Uh, who, who, uh, who, who pulled one off that, that really sort of, uh, you know, just stands out for you? Yeah, the, the
1: one that kind of freshes in my memory is uh, there was an exhibition game in a Goodyear about three years ago. Trevor Bauer gave up three monster home runs right in a row I think Bryant, uh, Soler and, and, and Baez from the Cubs hit him, And uh, they were just like no doubters. And the next day, they the, uh, the next morning, they've got a team meeting. Tito calls a team meeting. the annual, You have know, the usual team meeting before they go out to work out. And uh, these two cops come in, the Arizona cops come in with three baseballs. And they said, hey, we're looking for the guy that, that gave up these home runs. They landed on I-10 and they backed up traffic. For like two hours, and uh, so they got they got Bauer, but that was pretty funny. He took it in stride, and it was it was a pretty good a pretty good prank.
0: Uh, it's pretty impressive that, that that Bauer, you know, didn't didn't blow up and, and chuck him over the outfield <laughs> wall after he got the balls back. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, teams are players are notorious nor- notorious for you know the the hot foot or the you know putting the bubble gum uh, on on their their teammates hats in the dugout if you're wearing a hat. I, I, what was it the one year they were doing the the bubblegum prank? Yeah, uh, Alberto um,
1: Espinosa, that was that was his that was his job. That was I mean, he was the best at that.
0: So you you saw after that there was n- no player ever wore his cap in the in the Indians yeah. dugout in 1995 1996. That was uh I I think didn't somebody go out to to hand out the card in one game and he had it on, on his hat? He I, may have
1: had it. Yeah, I
0: think uh, you're right. Yeah. I I just remember seeing video of that and thinking, wow, these these guys are are pretty loose. Um, But yeah, there's, you know, probably a lot of of characters, uh, guys you would, who would be like one guy you wouldn't want to mess with, wouldn't want to prank in the Indians dugout that you covered?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Wayne Kirby was always kind of, he was always in the middle of everything. You know, and everybody said uh, Corey Kluber was was in in uh, he was deep into that. You know, play, real quiet guy. You know, sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. not saying anything, but very uh, very mischievous. Um, you know, Burt Flylevin and and Rick Sutcliffe were always up to something when they when they played. Uh, Julio Franco was another one. So yeah, they were there was some uh, there were some jokers in there, and you had to you had to be careful.
0: Well, now, who would be the guy that you would not want to pull a prank on because you'd be afraid of the reaction? Mike Seggy
1: would be the guy that you, <laughs> you never mess with the traveling secretary. You know, because because when we used to travel with the team, you know, you always, you know, they could they could manipulate that luggage, you know, and you didn't want to go get into Seattle and and suddenly your suitcase was gone. So, I always stay I always stay on the good side of Mike Seggy.
0: Well, you you mess with Seggy and, and then suddenly you're, uh, you're rooming down on the other side of the pop machine, uh, you know, five yeah. miles away from the bus and you know, that, that kind of stuff. I, I, I could, I could see that for sure, but I, I'm sure things have, I'm sure Seggy's mellowed out over the years. And things, <laughs> I'm not uh, sure about that. Dramatically. No. All right. Uh, all right. Well, uh also, you know, in this time when, you know, not a lot going on in the evenings, and and you know, even the players are, are getting sort of antsy. I've seen a, a lot of them, you know, out there throwing. We saw um, Zach Pleissack and Mike Clevenger, uh, you know, throwing in the street last week, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just playing catch, and they're they're out there and just like shorts and sneakers throwing in the street. Uh, how are how are these guys able to 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 stay loose? They can't even go to their uh, like to the the spring training facilities, they're pretty much just stuck, right? Yeah,
1: you know, I would think, you know, if you – you know, guys are at home. I mean, I was talking to uh, Carlos Baiga about this, and he goes, you know, you know like guys like Lindor and Ramirez, they're going to find a batting cage somewhere. They're going to find somebody to hit them fungos. You know, what, Ramirez has an infield in his backyard. Right,
0: right. And I saw saw Frankie was doing some jump rope uh, the other day. Uh, social media is great because we can see these guys, you know, uh, and they're not uh, afraid or shy of, about putting video of themselves up. Frankie was doing jump rope like uh, Rocky Balboa. I mean. That oh, was,
1: yeah, he was training, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: And, and he's <laughs> also, he and Gio Urshela are, are down, uh, in I, b- I believe, where wherever Frankie's staying. If he's, he's probably he's in Florida right now.
1: Yeah, I think um, he lives in Orlando.
0: Yeah, and, and they were on uh, bicycles, and that's one of the things that, that Frankie sort of picked up from uh, Sandy Alomar is the, the passion for cycling now. So, you know, you see Urshela and, and Lindor uh, all in their, their bicycle gear and, and sort of taken to that. So, you know, hopefully they're staying safe and, and away from anything down there in Florida while they're riding bikes. But, you know, it's one of the ways that they, they're at least staying in shape.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in, you know, I think, you know lots of guys have equipment at home. You can always go out and run and, you know, if you need to, if you can't go to a gym or they're all closed, you go run on the streets or run in a park. Uh, There's a way to do it. You know, you just, you know, the thing they're missing out on is a baseball activity, you know, unless, you know, if if you don't have a catcher, if you don't have a mound, you know, I guess you play long toss, but, you know, you probably, it's probably, I don't even know if pitchers are probably throwing off the mound right now. They're probably just kind of, you know, kind of easing back from because they were so primed after four weeks of camp. They were, you know, getting to that state where they were ready for the season. So you got to step back a little bit because you just don't know when when this thing is if or when it's going to start.
0: Well, right, and especially for veteran guys, you don't want to be, you know, throwing too many bullpens or too much, you know, throwing too much during this downtime because when you do get ramped back up, and if it does extend into October or November that they're, they're actually playing games, then, you know, you don't want the work, the workload will catch up with you. If you're, if you're pitching from, you know, February through this downtime and all the way through the end of November, uh, you, you're, you're going to hurt yourself at some point.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure these guys, you know, like Carl Willis and and Ty Van Burkleo are checking, you know, Carl's checking in with the hitters. Uh, I mean, the pitchers and then, Van Berkeley checking in with the hitters, you know, just, uh, you know, and when they get a better feel for things, they'll send out, you know, probably programs for them to kind of step it up and and get ready. But right now it's kind of just, uh, it's like being in purgatory, you know, you're just kind of sitting there. All
0: right. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's jump into some questions here. Uh, I want to take a, a second here to mention uh, uh, the the Indian subtext that you're involved with uh hoinsie why don't you just give them a quick rundown of how they can get in touch with you and uh you know sign up register uh, throughout this this downtime period uh they can send you questions and the uh the questions that they send are we we can use exclusively here on the podcast uh to to answer them throughout the the uh the suspension of play
1: yeah um you know um we at the end of every story there's there's a, a thing where you can sign up for subtext uh you can uh, text me uh, i'll answer t- you know questions i'll you know I'll, I'll text you guys you know two or three two or three kind of nuggets you know every day uh just um you know things that are going on with the team trying to stay ahead of the news and um it, it, it's worked out pretty good so far it's kind of you know, it, it there's a lull, obviously, right now, but there's always something going on with baseball. So, you know, I'll try to keep you updated with that. It's it's a pretty fun thing, and uh, it's like four bucks a month. And right now, I think we have a, a two-week free trial period. So, if you want to try that, it's it, you know, there's no harm, no foul. Yeah, the number is two
0: one six two zero eight. 208-4346. 208-4346. in the 216 area code. If you want to uh, join subtext, uh, go ahead and, and text your number to that, and, and we'll get you all hooked up. Uh, Paul, what, what, uh, what questions do we have from the, uh, the readers for okay, this is
1: from This is from Andy Meese from uh, Sandusky. What is the minimum number of games that you see being played in uh, the 2020 season? And when when do you think the cutoff is to start the season? I don't. I mean, I think you've got to play Don't you? Like uh, Joe, I think you've got to play at least ninety games, don't
0: you? i uh, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say a hundred, but you know that's just a, a number I'm I'm grabbing out of out of nowhere with you know sort of no no background or anything like that. Uh, a minimum of of a hundred, I would think that that gives you a little more than three months. Uh, anything less than than three months, I don't see why you would do it. I, you, you, if you're if you're going to do a two month season, you might as well do some sort of alternative format where you're you're doing like a tournament of some sort, uh, you know, with round robin and things like that. I I can't imagine only playing sixty games or something and then having some sort of playoffs. That that doesn't make any sense to me something around that 100 number would would make it nice and round. But I I think they're going to try and play, you know, three, four months. That's 140 games, right? 120, somewhere between 120 and 140. They played played 144 when they came back in 95, right?
1: Right. And, uh, you know, they've agreed to play double headers, um, you know, and you would think they're going to, you know, go with at least – You know, three extra guys, maybe, maybe a thirty-man roster. Mm -hmm. You know, for a while, or maybe the the whole time, they'll they'll go with extra players. Uh, They they did that in
0: '95 as well, correct? They they went with
1: an extended roster, but but not for the whole the whole time. It was it was cut down eventually. But uh, you know, so uh,
0: as for a a cutoff date for for when they would want to start playing, I I gotta imagine. If they get to July, that's got to be it. They, they can't. They can't start after sometime between the middle of June and, and the beginning of July, right?
1: Yeah, I would think. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, then what? You cancel the All Star Game and just uh, play as many regular season games as you can,
0: or start with the uh, you know, start with they some sort of with... exhibition game, yeah. like the All Star Game. Maybe each team sends a a position player and a and a pitcher, and they they do it that way.
1: Yeah, you know, or we could go with the Albert Bell plan, and you know, 112 game season, no America, American League plays American League teams; uh, National League plays National League teams. They start on. Uh, he wanted to start on Memorial Day. I don't think that's going to work.
0: But, yeah. uh but well,
1: you know, the one thing Albert missed, I think, is so oh, with 15 teams in each league, you got to play one interleague game a uh, you know a day. Otherwise, yeah. two teams are sitting idle. You know, every day. So.
0: Yeah, that, that that's the one thing that doesn't sort of wash with that is that there's going to have to be inter, interleague play involved in this and, and that they can't get away from that.
1: Yeah. This is from Joe Sepik from uh, Powell, Ohio. I'm curious as to what Carlos Santana's thoughts are on new uh, Tribe second baseman Cesar Hernandez. Uh, clearly Santana thought the 2018 Phillies – had a maturity issue but all indications are hernandez is a solid player and teammate. Oh,
0: you know, Joe, I,
1: t- uh, I talked to carlos about the, about uh, hernandez. He only had great things to say about him. Uh, said he's a quiet guy in the clubhouse but he you know he's really a smart player and that he was he's really going to help the indians of uh, this, you know, if they do get back on the field, if if we do see him this year.
0: Oh, heck, he can go right into another year of free agency with uh, with the Indians since he's only on a one-year deal. I, yeah, I, I think uh, – I don't think there's there's going to be any sort of problem with Carlos Santana and uh, Cesar Hernandez just because the problem that really existed in the Phillies clubhouse was between Carlos Santana and Jake Arrieta. Uh, those two did not seem eye to eye. Uh, see eye to eye very very much, and and I think that the the blow up over the video game situation was completely you know uh, Arrieta sort of slamming Santana about it afterwards. I don't, I really don't think uh, um, Hernandez had would have anything to to do with any of that, and and would bear any of the criticism from Santana about that.
1: Yeah, I think they they were getting along great, and you know that's the one thing I'm going to miss about this if this season uh, doesn't get started, you know, just seeing those four guys on the infield, four switch hitters, that'd be really cool, I think. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I would love to see how uh Frank Kona handles that. He, I, I was he, looking forward to more bunting this year. That's right. Yeah. I mean, with Hernandez.
0: Yeah. Hernandez Hernandez. The hell of, they haven't had a, a, a you know, a, a guy who is a proficient bunter since, uh, Cabrera, since his dribble Cabrera, but, uh, they got, they got, uh, Hernandez this year, as well as Delano De Shields. Uh, De Shields led the the American League in sack bunts and bunt base hits last year. Oh boy, and, and I think Hernandez was close too, right? He, the, he the, led the National. He League. led the National League. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, that was that was going to be the huge weapon for the Indians this year. <laughs> everybody in the everybody loves the bunt, right? That's oh, oh my god. Every time a bunt situation came up during the year, it was. Inevitable. There would be tweets coming coming across. There would be comments in the press box. It's like, oh, they're going to bun. And it's like, look, sometimes it's a part of the game. <laughs> That's right. This is from
1: YTD from Youngstown. Okay. It goes, how come details of player contracts are reported, but not coaches and front office personnel? I've been asked this before, children I think I think the the front office and the 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 And uh, the coaches do a better job of hiding it Mm of protecting those numbers. They're just not, I I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd you'd want to know what Antonetti makes and, and Frank Kona, but the players are the players are the name of the game. And that's, I think that's, and they're, those are the the numbers that are out there.
0: Well, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of the ways that the, the numbers get out there are through the players agents you know, the, the agents are the ones that sort of leak or, or, or release the, the, the contract information to, to whatever sites they, they do or to where, whatever reporters they do. Um, and you know, the, the guys that maybe manage some of the, um, the, the coaches or managers, as well as the the front office people who handle their contracts, I don't think, you know, there, there are relationships with the reporters is good for those, those managers. So, uh. Yeah, you know, there the players have sort of a reason to want to release those those figures and those numbers for those numbers to get out there. You know, it it, it helps you know the next guy get a a, a bigger better contract. It, the the players association likes to see those numbers out there. Uh, so yeah, we, especially when they're Manny Machado numbers or Bryce Harper right. numbers, things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. What are we doing here uh, for the next? Couple of uh, we've got basically thirty days of, of house arrest now. We were talking you and I were, were talking with with the stay at home order here in Ohio, and you know, no real public gatherings or, or you know workouts or anything like that. Yeah, a lot of Netflix being watched. What what are you watching right now, Hoynesie? Uh, what's uh, what's on I your? I was uh,
1: watching uh, on Showtime. Showtime's free for a while, for until mid April or something. So um, you know, I used we used to get Showtime, then we shut it off. So I'm I'm watching Ray Donovan right now. I, I like. Oh, Ray. there you go. He's a bad guy, man. <laughs> he is. He's, he's conflicted. He's conflicted, Paul. Yeah. Come on, he's, he's very his father's. Good. His father's
0: of the word. So Mickey, <laughs> no, John
1: Point. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> that was that. That's a good show. Uh, did now I, I got to ask you this because I know I, I know you're a big dog guy but i gotta ask if you watch tiger king i i gotta know
1: no you know i didn't i didn't even know about that
0: i, I... uh paul you, you've you've got to watch tiger king it's you you won't be able to take your eyes off of it you will you will sit there and binge seven straight hours of tiger king i guarantee it it's <laughs> you can't you can't stop watching it just... i saw
1: i saw it, uh, something on Twitter about it, but I didn't even know what it was about so
0: well see that's the thing is part of the reason why you want to watch it is because then you'll understand all the memes that are going around on Twitter and some of the things that are being said. And you'll be like, Oh, I, now I understand why they were, were sharing that. And you will also be completely convinced that Carol Baskin killed her second husband and fed him to the tigers. That's a hundred percent. I guarantee you, but there are, there are a number of characters that you will uh, you will enjoy in that. Uh, put it in your queue. I also, we watched, uh, we watched McMillions. Uh, from HBO, it was a documentary series and, uh, it was all about how the FBI busted the, uh, the guy who was ripping off the McDonald's monopoly game for like a decade and they stole like $24 million or, you know, from that. And it was just really fascinating. Some of the people in that are, are pretty interesting as well. So, uh, two, two of them for sure to, to, to check out if you, uh, you get a chance, cause there's going to be some long nights without baseball here. As we head into uh, the the full month of April, Uh, you know, the positive thing is everything that we're reading, everything that we're seeing is indicating that by the end of April, by the beginning of May, uh, we're going to be on the bottom side of this, or the back side of this curve. Um, You know, obviously with the heroic efforts being shown by our, our, our health workers and in the hospitals in the area who are just being overworked right now, uh, you know, that's sort of the goal is to get to that point. And then maybe on the other side of that, maybe a month later after that, we could start to see some progress and some movement towards, uh, you know, getting back to something normal and some baseball. But, uh, again, right now, baseball, the, the furthest thing from, uh, you know, what's most important and, and that's making sure that everybody that, that we know and we love are, are safe, uh, I'm just glad to hear every time I text you or I call you that 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 Paul and the Hoynes family, are all everybody's all safe out there. We're all good. So uh, as long as I keep getting answers from from your side, we're yeah. we're we're in good shape. I send you a note handcuff.
1: in a bottle.
0: What's that? <laughs> a note
1: in a bottle. I'll put a note in a bottle and send it, uh, th- throw it well, in uh, Lake Erie. Maybe I, I don't
0: have any uh, carrier pigeons. Otherwise, I'd send you <laughs> a, a message that way. But uh, but we're all good, uh, Paul. Uh, we will, uh, we'll get back in touch with you again next week. Hopefully we'll start uh, hearing from some of these players in the next couple of days in the, in the next week. uh, I know uh, Delano DeShields has reached out. Uh, Shane Bieber, uh, you've been in contact with. These are some of the guys we're trying to line up for uh, some of these video interviews. So, uh, you know, just to give the, uh, the fans, uh, you know, some sense of of where these guys are at and what they're, uh, what they're up to and, you know, we want to want to be able to do that as as well.
1: All right, gentlemen.